Yo, welcome back into the RDH Sports Show. Part of the Rod Hanna Show. But this is my sports only podcast. And I want to take the time out. I've been, been missing a little bit. A lot of stuff has happened in the world of Chicago sports. So let's get right into it right away. My first topic, obviously, was a big thing this offseason for the Chicago Bears was the direction and what they were going to do. And they ended up hiring their football guy, their hot football guy, is Ryan Poles. 36-year-old brother. Like, I mean, moment of pride for me. I don't think it's been celebrated enough. Me personally in, in Chicago media or anything like that, that a 36-year-old brother is the top football guy for my favorite team, the Chicago Bears. And so I'll just take a moment from that. It came from the Kansas City organization. had been there for a very long time, paid his dues. He was actually a college offensive tackle with the Boston College. Actually had a training camp with the Bears where he ended up getting cut as a player. And I guess worked his way up through the ranks of the Kansas City Chiefs and became their up-and-coming football guy. And so he's the choice, George George McCaskey and the group come up with Ryan Poles, and Ryan Poles' is choice for coach. Your new coach to your Chicago Bears is Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts. And a long line of coaching starting, I mean, well, not starting, but going through Toledo and Missouri and working his way up with the Dallas Cowboys. And so he's influenced with Rob Marinelli, and Lovey Smith, and he runs the Tampa, Tampa 2 defense. He's known for his defense. Um, Indianapolis Colts have had a very good defense over the last couple of years, and a good defense follows this guy. So I think that's one thing that you, you, you'll you see in his time with the Bears is that you'll go back to a bunch of older principles that the Bears are known for, you know, hustle, getting to the ball, gang tackling, trying to force takeaways. The concepts and the, the the integrity that was was built upon with Lovey Smith. So I think in that regard, the hiring of Matt Eberflus can be a great thing for the defense. At least it'll give the Bears an identity. Um, they'll be held to a certain standard, whether they're getting to the football, whether they're they're loafing on plays, whether they're not involved in plays. It'll it'll be a big thing, and I think that'll help the identity of the entire team. As far as Justin Fields in the offense. Um, so they went out and they hired the Green Bay Packers quarterback coach to be their offensive coordinator. And it's going to be his offense. So um, Luke Getzky um, is the offensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears. And it's his task to create a system that accentuates Justin's strengths and improves his weaknesses. And so far, you know, like we don't know what's going on with the coaching. We won't see the coaching until preseason and until regular season. It'll be very hard to judge the system. We don't know the systems. We don't know what it's going to look like. All we have to judge on right now is what Ryan Poles is doing, and he's taking a very reserved, very controlled, very strategic pace to free agency and building the team so far. His big move is trading away Khalil Mack. He's, he's gotten rid of, of, of James Daniels on the offensive line. He, Akeem Hicks is gone. Um, Danny Trevathan is gone. A lot of the holdovers from the defenses, from from the 3-4 defense and the Matt Nagy system and the Ryan Pace system, a lot of those players are leaving. 
Tariq Cohen's is gone on offense, even though he never got back from injury. Um, so what we're watching is a slow teardown of a roster. And so far, the guys he's tried to get are tone setter attitude guys. You know, they're guys who aren't real well-known names, um, but they're guys that bring a certain grit, a certain toughness, a certain attitude to them. And like most, you know, football people, new coach, new general manager, they want to come in, they want to set the tone. They want to set their identity. And that's that was the problem with the old regime is that we never really knew the identity of Matt Nagy's teams. We never knew what Ryan Pace wanted. So hopefully Ryan Poles, an old offensive lineman, hopefully he wants to strengthen his offensive line. Hopefully he wants to build the team from within with a bunch of tough, nasty football players that want to get the job done, that want to hustle, that don't want to want to take plays off, that don't want to miss a practice every now and then. They want to do a youth movement. Um, but time will tell. There's not much to judge so far. It's just the cap, the salary cap, and the roster was in such a such a poor poor state left by Ryan Pace that that he's kind of trying to dig himself out of it, and he's doing it not in an extreme way or a rash way, or he's he's just taking his time. And I think he's going to take his lumps this year. I think the Chicago Bears are planning on taking their lumps this year and really focusing all their energy and time on trying to build as much possible around Justin Fields, but not trying to lay trying to lay the foundation, but not really putting their team as a com- competitor for anything serious this year. They won't focus on 2023 and that free agency. And, and they've cleared a lot of salary cap for that. So hopefully this year we can see flashes and, and strides from Justin Fields. Hopefully that, that second year, you know, he's a pro now. He doesn't have to adjust to a city. He doesn't have to adjust to being a professional quarterback. That stuff's all given. So he gets the entire offseason. He's the guy. There's no Andy Dalton. There's no second string scout team, nothing like that. He's the guy. From day one of this offseason, he's the starting quarterback. It's his team. So so hopefully we see a jump within him. And if we see a jump within him, then that makes the entire team jump because he's literally the most important player on that team. And so how he goes – so goes the future of the Chicago Bears, and and we'll just see how it goes. Right now, we just have to have to have to be patient. We have to let Ryan Poles do his thing. We have to let him build whatever he's going to do through the draft, and look forward to next free agency when you start to you know make those moves and start to put the players and pieces around for the next Chicago Bears competing team. You know, there's always a a hope or you know positive feelings for the new guys or the new new the new organizational pieces, you know, the new new GM or the new head coach. So hopefully we'll see where it goes, you know, and um, and that's just it. That's really it. That's all there is to say before, you know, after until the draft. Um, there's really not much else to talk about with the Bears. Um, I, I don't think I should talk about the Bulls or maybe hopefully I, maybe me talking about them will actually have the opposite effect of the last time I talked about the Bulls. I called them one of the most exciting, most fun-to-watch teams in the NBA. And since then, everybody's hurt. Everybody's bad except DeMar Rosen. And they've been one of the more unwatchable products in the, in the NBA since then. You know, it's it's it sucked to see a team that was so good in the beginning and was so hungry and to just see them just be picked apart. You know, the NBA adjusted. They learned how to attack. The defense, they learned how to attack Vooch. They learned how to isolate De- DeMar. And without 
um, Lonzo Ball, who's been out with a knee injury for most of the season. Sachs had two different injuries. He has knee problems. He has, a, has that ligament in his thumb that was hurt early in the season. Um, Patrick Williams, who should have been a bigger part of the season, was out with the wrist injury. They lost Alex Caruso to a wrist injury. And, you know, it's it, COVID wrecked the team for a while. It's just been a mess of an NBA season. So it's given a lot to AK and Mark Eversley to 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 ponder, you know, what the next move is or, or if they're going to talk about maxing out Zach in the offseason because when you max out Zach, you're, you're kind of handcuffing yourself to this team. And, you know, you have DeMar here on a long contract. You have – you traded two first-round picks for Vooch. And, you know, you went in on Lonzo Ball, who hopefully his knee can heal up for next year and he can be a, a contributing factor next year. But you kind of went in on that, you know. I mean, Lonzo's young, and Patrick Williams are young. and But Zach and Vooch and DeMar, you kind of have to make your decision. I don't think you'll get another season out of DeMar like you got this year. Like, this is his career peak season. Like, he's never been this good or this efficient in his entire career. He's had some very good years. But he was a MVP candidate for most of the season. You know, like he he's been breaking records that that were held by Wilt Chamberlain, and, and he's in he's been in that kind of stratosphere all season. And he's carried the Bulls. You know, he carried them to the playoffs. They made the playoffs this year. They have a six. They, they they've locked into the sixth seed, even though they're zero for whatever against the top teams in the East. And they we're not talking about like close losses. We're talking about like twenty and thirty point blowout, embarrassing losses. And eventually that catches up to you. The playoffs are not going to be a fun experience. They're just not. And then we're just going to have to get to the offseason and see what the plan is. I, I tell you this much, I trust AK and Emmy to make moves. I trust them not to sit on their hands. I trust them that if they don't think that the team is good enough, that they'll drastically change it. I don't feel like they're the kind of guys that will be stuck in one direction or one, one anything, you know, so. I mean, there's part of that. There's, there's obviously, there's problems with the roster. The roster was flawed from the beginning. But, you know, when everybody was healthy and it was all jiving, they were playing over their head, you know, and it was enough to mask all the, all the deficiencies during the regular season. But, so now, you end up in a situation where you really just have to wait and see. You have to wait and see what, what this the rest of the season goes, I'm telling you, the playoffs are not going to be – there's going to be a very fast exit wherever they end up playing. It's going to be quick. It's going to be ugly. And this offseason can't come fast enough because you actually have some hope because it isn't Gar Pax there. You know, you have a front office that you feel like at least sees what you see and at least sees the game in a modern way and knows what it takes to win in the NBA and know that the Bulls don't have all of it just yet. You know, that there's major holes, major deficiencies, and I don't know if they're going to decide to blow it all up or, you know, or you know trade Zach, do a signing trade with Zach, or, or what they could do with Vooch or, or DeMar. But I think they're very creative, and I'm excited to see what they come up with in the offseason. You know, it's, it's a rough, it's a rough, rough season. It was everything that could have gone wrong for them literally went wrong for them and it, it, it's terrible but hey, it is what it is you know it's it's they made the playoffs to get that playoff experience we'll see where it goes from there
but you know I, I'm still positive on the franchise and the direction of the franchise because I think they're in good hands with 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 the Reinsdorf and with Michael Reinsdorf, and I think that they will be okay in the long run. I mean, that's my like take. With the Bears, I'm hopeful. With the Bulls, I'm more hopeful, and I think that they're more proven than what the Bears have. And I bring me kind of to the, the baseball offseason that wasn't, and then that was with the lockout. Lockout's over. Opening day is come and gone. Um, the Cubs signed an international superstar, Japanese-born player, um, Seihei Suzuki, uh, signed him to an $85 million contract. They actually spent this offseason. They did sign Marcus Stroman to a big contract. They signed Suzuki to a big contract, but they stopped spending there. You know, they still have such an incomplete roster to compete, and it is it's still it's still an emotionally sensitive subject for me talking about the Cubs in general still. Like, I struggle to buy in to the players that they have on the field right now because of my feelings towards the Ricketts family and Jed Hoyer and the front office. And I, I just I struggle with it. I struggle to bar, buy into a Patrick Wisdom or Frank Swindell or, or Nick Madrigal, the scrappy guy from the White Sox. Um, Horner, who is, is a weightlifting god, apparently. And, and Ian Happ is still here. Um, they haven't reached the contract agreement with Wilson Contreras, so apparently he's going to be traded at the deadline. And then there will be no remnants of that 2016 team anywhere. And I have to say this about the fan base and about the people that report for the Cubs and report on them. I understand that there was a narrative push that the, the players – actually were offered more than they actually ended up getting signed the actual core world championship Cubs like Javi Baez and Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo and Cal Schwarber who was offered nothing was non-tendered was released for nothing Cal Schwarber and um, Chris Bryant ended up signed with the Colorado Rockies Javi Baez is a Detroit Tiger which now I'm a Detroit Tiger fan because I follow Javi Baez wherever the hell he goes last year I was a Mets fan this year Detroit Tigers, and he signed a nice little long contract, so I might as well settle in, maybe get a jersey. I have my AL team to root for, and they just happen to be in the same division as the White Sox, so it's a double bonus for me. Um, hopefully, Javi Baez is the pesky bug in the White Sox side all season long. I hope he is, because they love to hate on that man, and people who call him overrated don't appreciate the baseball player that he is. They really don't. They don't. Pre they say it's all flash, it's all the slides or the tags. There's so much more to Javi Baez that can be appreciated, and and he's so much more of a better baseball player than people give him credit for. And he's worth every single penny. He'll set the tone for that Detroit Tigers team. They're young. They got a lot of talent around him now. You know, Miggy is at the end of his Hall of Fame career, and so hopefully they got a lot of young up and coming talent, and they seem like they want to spend. So maybe they'll be a pesky side in the White Sox ascension to their their world series championship the white Sox got a lot of problems too though you know they got they got injuries in that rotation they have a bunch of question marks in their rotation um they kind of shored up their lineup with that trade for aj pollock but johan Mankata's hurt again you know um you hope he gets to come back within in a month or so but i mean that, that he's a very necessary part of that lineup. He's probably the best baseball player on the team overall, all together. So you kind of need that guy. You know, Jose Abreu's back. How long is that going to last? 
You have your mega stars in Eloy and Luis Robert, 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 whatever. You have your mega stars in those two guys. And you have Tim Anderson, who's the heart and soul, who's my favorite Chicago baseball player right now. You know, I'll, you know, he's a White Sox, but whatever. He's my favorite Chicago baseball player that plays in the city right now. And, you know, he's the heart and soul of that White Sox team. He's the one that will lead them wherever they go. He's he's the captain. He's their guy. But um, they have question marks. They have, they have their manager. Hopefully their manager's better this season. Hopefully old 136-year-old Tony Russo is better. Um, but, you know, baseball's back, and I love it. And, and as much as I said that I fell out of love with it over the offseason and the ugliness of the, the – the con- the collective bargaining and and the the, man- the owners versus the players, I still love the game, man. And as soon as it started to come back, as soon as spring training started, as soon as you hear the crack of the bat, as soon as you hear the glove snapping, you know it's like, you know you're transported to a place, man. Baseball, how could you not be romantic about baseball? And it's the truest statement ever made. Because baseball is a beautiful game. It is a beautiful, perfect game. The game itself is beautiful. The business is horrible you still have teams that have payrolls under 30 million dollars combined three teams to be exact and and then you have teams that 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 kind of want to compete but don't want to really spend all their money um there should be a rule where you have to go for it man like every team should be going for it they need they need a salary cap the players won't want to go for it but they need a floor at least they need a salary floor and if you get a floor you got to have a cap you got to got to give a little bit to give, get a little bit, you know. But um, I love the fact that the universal DH is here. I hate pitchers hitting. I know it's been a thing. The Cubs have had a few pitchers that could really rake. But I don't want to see bad pitchers try to hit. That is another position that can be held by a player that can just hit, that maybe doesn't have a defensive position. Albert Pujols is back with the Cardinals because of the DH. I think that it's a great thing for all the baseball like screw the purist on this i'm sorry the dh is a wonderful thing and i love that it's universal now and that both leagues get it there's no american league national league ballpark rule bs you get the extra hitter now and you can actually put resources into a hitter only now and it's it's been such an advantage that american league teams have had over the national league that you know i'm just happy that it's here i'm happy that that we're all playing by the same rules because it's silly you know American League, National League, it's still Major League Baseball. All play under the same rules. All have the same amount of players. All have the same amount of hitters available. You'll miss the double switch, but do you really miss the double? I mean, like, honestly, do you really miss the double switch? I mean, like, seriously, come on now. Um, But I'm just, I'm happy baseball's back. I'll, I'll probably watch more Cubs games this year because, you know, I'm, I'm curious. I want to see if, if anything develops this year. I want to see... Probably watch more White Sox games this year than, than Cubs games, uh, especially when they play the Tigers. That's, like, my main thing. Um, already. Javi's already bothering them today. You get a game-winning double today. Just already. And, you know, he's talking so much stuff. Stoney's on the broadcast. Talk, well, that's what you get with Javi Baez. He's going to strike out a lot. And then when, he, he, and when the game's on the line, you want him up to bat or you want him with the ball in his hands. He's just he's electric and he's everything that you want in a baseball player, period. I don't care. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my quick sports take. And um, 
I'm not a golf guy. I, I don't follow golf at all. I do follow Tiger, though. And to see what he's doing at the Masters this weekend after 14 months after that car accident where he didn't know if he would walk again, where he didn't know if – well, for a minute there, we didn't know if he was alive, you know, if he was going to make it. We had just lost Kobe, and there was a crash with Tiger. And, you know, he still has plates and screws in his in his leg, and he's out there. You have to walk Augusta, you know, and it's Healy, and it, it's a lot. And he's out there battling. You know, he made the cut. And I just think that for all that that man has been through, for them literally having to tigerize the game of golf, for them, he's led to the competition level being so high now it's unrecognizable from your grandfather's golf game. You know, the, like the, the level of athlete that plays on the PGA Tour now would smoke, you know, the legends of, of yonder years. You know, it's just it's and the courses are harder. They're farther. They require more strength, more and more, more high tech golf clubs. Everything about the game was changed for Tiger Woods and for him to literally come back and have that much, you know, pressure on him because he shows up. You're literally getting hundreds of thousands more eyes on the tournament. You're literally getting more media coverage. You're getting everything. And I believe there are a lot of people that should be thinking they're, they're lucky stars that he came back. You know, because it builds money for everybody. It builds the game. It does. But it's remarkable what he's doing. It's it's special. And I think it's one of the things that we're kind of underselling. We're saying, well, what, it would be amazing if he won. I think it's just amazing that he's playing and that he's playing at a level that where he actually made the cut, where he's actually in the thick of it. You know, like I think that's – we tend to over-exaggerate greatness in our day and age. And – I don't think that's being celebrated enough, period. Like, I go, like I'm go, i going out of my way. I don't talk golf. This isn't a golf podcast. You'll get basketball, baseball, and football, some monster trucks. You know, I'm, 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 I have that from my grandfather. You'll get, you know, you get NASCAR every now and then. But for the most part, I just I appreciate greatness. You know, you appreciate greatness. And never miss the opportunity to talk stuff to another a fan base. Looking at y'all white socks, cause y'all think y'all are God's green. Y'all think y'all are God's gift to the game. Ooh, got a lot of stuff to go through to get to, to get to the World Series. Still gotta win one. Still gotta win one with this team. You guys are very good, but you still gotta win one. And you know that's it. Um, with that being said, that's the that's the sports pod, RDH Sports, my home for my sports thoughts. And it's late at night. It is currently 1.30 in the morning. I am recording this back-to-back. I've done two episodes shotgunning them just because I had to get so much out of my head and so much thoughts. And I want to thank you all for listening to the RDH Sports Show, the Rod Hanna Show, all hosted by me, Rod Hanna. And I love you guys for support, your listening ears. Shoot it back. This is the Sports Pod. Talk stuff. I don't care. Give me your thoughts on, on, on the Bears. Give me your thoughts on the Bulls. Talk that White Sox Cubs smack talk. Talk it. If you got hockey thoughts, come on. Give me give me your hockey thoughts. I'll put them on the pod. I don't care. Whatever you got. NASCAR, you got WWE thoughts because, trust me, I'm going to talk some wrestling. AEW, I just watched WrestleMania. got my kid hooked into wrestling, watching the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania with him. And and I will say that WrestleMania was, was more entertaining than I thought it would be. Um, the Jackass match with Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn 
was one of my favorite wrestling matches of all time to ever watch. And I didn't expect much out of it, but that match was bananas. And and I love what AEW's doing. I love the whole Cody going from AEW to WWE and using that to like kind of springboard his WWE career. I love watching CM Punk and, and Daniel Bryanson do and, and Brian Danielson doing their thing in AEW. I love the talent that's in AEW, the hunger, the different it's different style. You know, it's a different style. You know, I love competition. I love wrestling being being great. You know, and and maybe I'll talk more of that on the pod too. I'll have a pod just about just about WrestleMania. Or about watching it through my son's eyes and watching him love chair shots and, and tables and stuff like that. He loves the the absurdity of it the same way that I did. So it's it's kind of a, like a, a trip, a time machine kind of sorta. You know. Um but you know, that's what sports are. Sports are the great the great escape, the great entertainment, you know. And um hey, it's twenty twenty two. We're making it, we're still here, we're still enjoying life. We got a lot to look forward to. And, um, yo, I'm out, man. Peace. Bro, you can tell it's late. I didn't ran out the door. I didn't tell you where you can listen to the RDH Sports Show or the Rod Hannon Show. You can listen to them everywhere where you listen to your podcast, wherever you get your music. You can literally just just do a Google search. Alexa, play the Rod Hannon Show. It's just that simple. Or whatever you have, just Google, hey, Google, play the Rod Hannon Show, and it'll pop up for you. Um, you can get it, download it, like, subscribe, um, comment, leave comments, check me, check out the Facebook page. Uh, I'm starting to try to do a little TikTok here and there, but you know I'm old, so that you know doesn't work great. But I'm trying to do some TikTok now. You know I got the Facebook page up. Interact with the page, yo. Talk this, like I said, talk that talk. This is sports. This is lighthearted stuff. Talk, yo, talk. If you're from a different fan base, I want to hear it. Like. I got my Chicago sports teams and my Detroit Tigers, apparently. And that's who I'm rocking with. So, let's get it. All right, y'all. Now, it's peace. And I'm out.